and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Happy Halloween! It's the spookiest day of the year. Well, it might not be, but maybe you're saving this for Halloween itself. I know this is coming out on the 27th, so we're pretty close. But I hope you are set in your trick-or-treat costumes and pumpkin spice lattes are coursing through your veins much like mine, ready for that big day. I absolutely love this holiday, as you can probably imagine. And throughout the month of October, I do make it a mission to dress spooky to work every time I go in. And so I'll upload all of my spooky inspired outfits for the Twitter for you to judge, obviously. I am also hosting a costume party at work and I'm going to be going as the spider baby head toy from Toy Story as I'm taking advantage of my now shaven head. I will definitely upload a picture or two. I've handmade it, including the legs, so it is definitely an adventure. Anyway, enough about that. We are going to focus on an especially spooky monster for this especially spooky time of year, and we are doing the sworn enemy of the monster from last year, which was the vampire, and looking at the wonderful werewolf from European mythology. So, werewolves. How do we even begin to describe a monster so iconic? Just like vampires, they can come in various guises, so we're going to go over probably their most popular within this segment. The most common description of a werewolf is that of a man who has the ability to shapeshift into a wolf-like form, sometimes at will, other times completely involuntarily during the full moon. In their human form, they would usually have characteristics of being a werewolf, such as having unibrow, curved fingernails and excessive hair. They are usually associated with the typical tall, dark and handsome stranger too. Whilst we're on that subject too, they are mostly male, however some cultures do note that some women can transform too, but there's very little evidence to really back that up within folklore. In their wolf form, there are numerous descriptions, such as a large wolf humanoid, up to 9 foot tall with hair all over their body, long sharp canine teeth, red eyes, a long tail and claws, and a lupine shaped face with the snout and the pointed ears. They do have rather large paws rather than hands and feet, so they kind of look like a satyr with that whole goat leg thing, they have dog legs, I suppose, so they are quite a scary sight to see. However, in some tellings, they can actually just fully transform into a wolf, but can communicate whilst transformed to humans. Unfortunately though, especially for werewolves who cannot control when they transform, the process is extremely painful. Their bodies change from a man, breaking bones and usually shedding or pulling off their human skin to reveal thick layers of hair underneath to get to their final wolfman form. After they have transformed though, to come back into their humanoid state would be equally painful, leaving the person with very little memory of their antics, weak and debilitated from the night. They also suffer from insomnia, anxiety, depression and antisocial behaviours in order to keep them away from the people they hunt once a month. 
Speaking of hunting, it's said that werewolves eat buried corpses of people not long after death, but certainly wouldn't turn away a fresh corpse or take out a still-living victim, including humans, wild animals and livestock. They do often have intense animalistic urges as well, even as humans, and will tend to eat more than usual people in a frenzied manner, which is another way you can really spot one. But that's the kind of general description of them. Now, for all intents and purposes, I'll be focusing on the Wolfman transformation, so the humanoid Wolfman, rather than the man-to-wolf transformation version for this monster for the rest of the podcast. So just as a heads up, that's where we'll be focusing the rest of this. In terms of powers, werewolves are particularly agile. They were able to use the same skills of their lupine brethren to jump about, run at incredible speeds for long amounts of time, and attack with increasing ferocity when needed. They also had immense tracking skills, and were able to hunt down injured or dead prey with insane precision too. If they get into a fight, they are incredibly strong and violent, and if they're injured, they have rapid healing ability to fix things up pretty quickly. Lastly though, they are considered immortal. It's very hard to take one out, and it's also impossible for them to die on their own, so you really are quite screwed if you bump into one unprepared. But all in all, they generally have the skills of a wolf, but much more amplified and dangerous. Baron, how do I kill one if actually I am kind of prepared, and how can I prepare for that? Well, that bit is a little bit more complicated. Firstly, you can injure a werewolf like you would hurt either a man or a wolf with a weapon. However, they would usually heal it pretty quickly depending on the wound and how long they have left in their wolf form in the night, because of course, they only have about 12 hours. If they're injured badly, whilst transforming back to their human form, they will still have the injury, but also still their healing factor, sometimes lesser though whilst they're in their human form two kind of gross facts going off of this. If you cut a werewolf in their human form, you would find thick hair under the surface, which is pretty, pretty gross. But also on this, you can cut off a werewolf's limb and it would immediately transform back to the human form. And it certainly wouldn't grow back, they aren't immortal to that kind of damage. So you would just see a wolf have his hand cut off, for example, and his hand would turn back to a normal hand, immediately the wolf would react as if you cut off a limb. But I think that's pretty gross. Their biggest weakness though is silver, which werewolf hunters would make their bullets from in order to hunt these monsters, due to the symbolism of purity and as a religious metal. However, this one is actually debated, as it's never been found in folklore and only really in modern media. And it's so prevalent within that that it's become immortalised into the werewolf mythology, which, as you know from previous episodes, I really love it when modern media adapts folklore. I think that's so fun. Also, I guess another weakness is that they only have those 12 hours or so of moonlight, and when they've returned to their human form, they would be weak and debilitated from the transformation and pretty easy to attack. Also, generally, you can take out a human much easier than a wolf, so I guess if you suspect someone of being a werewolf, you could kill them in their human form before they get to transforming, where they could actively rip you apart. Okay, well, now you've sold me on being a werewolf, how do I sign up? It is debated whether becoming a werewolf is either a curse or kind of a disease. In early folklore around these monsters, 
you would just need to find a wolf skin belt whilst completely naked outside and you would transform into a werewolf. Obviously, this is those ones where you actively choose to transform, so it's not involuntary. Another is that you could rub a magic salve on yourself and bathe in moonlight. Or there's drinking rainwater out of the footprint of a wolf or a werewolf. Drinking out of an enchanted stream, for example. These are all those voluntary ones where you're actively choosing to become a werewolf. And actually, werewolves in different cultures have these as well, where it's actually voluntary to do so. So they have different ways of becoming them in mainland Europe. It was believed that you could become a werewolf if you slept outside on a summer night in the moonlight, either on a Friday or a Wednesday. In Brazil, if you had seven daughters and your eighth child was a son, they were a werewolf from birth, which I guess is involuntary, I suppose. But my favourite and the most popular is actually the involuntary one, the most modern, and that's that it can be transmitted through a bite or scratch from an existing werewolf as a form of contagion. However, this is super rare within actual folklore. Again, it's one that's really come through modern media, which, again, I think is pretty cool. You would have an unhealable wound, and on your first full moon, you would transform into your wolfy self for the first time, cursed for the rest of eternity. However, saying that, can you cure it once you've got it? Some cultures say you can. In ancient Greece and Rome, it was believed you could literally sweat out the curse, so they would make you do an intense physical exercise continuously. In medieval Europe, there were actually three ways you could cure someone. Using the flower wolfsbane, which is incredibly poisonous to humans, by the way, in a potion. Not sure how many people were cured, but maybe cured is dead. Who knows? Another was through surgery. Again, patient killed in the process. And lastly, exorcism, for which we all know from the crucible or the exorcist, doesn't usually work either. Probably my favourite version though is in Denmark, they believed you could scold a werewolf enough to get it to stop being a werewolf. And in Germany, you could shout their name three times, like their actual human name, whilst transformed. But to be honest though, most European countries, you would just be converted to Christianity. Although again, not sure how much that would work either. Honestly though, the easiest option was usually to cull them rather than cure them, and I think that's what they mostly did. Now, on to etymology. As it's a general European monster, there are actually a few meanings to the name werewolf. It's believed that English comes from the Old English werewolf, which is the same spelling except instead of the O in wolf it's a U, which comes from the Dutch werewolf and the German werewolf. Again, there are just differences in spelling, the Dutch is double E instead of E-R-E, -E. and German, it's just missing the other E on the end of where, so you can kind of see they're quite similar. They all literally translate into man-wolf. However, the Irish called them Lukthon, meaning wolf-coat, the Norse or Fhana, meaning wolf-skinned, and in Sanskrit, Vrykajina, meaning wolf-skin, all linking to perhaps the transformation method of the wolf-skin belt but also maybe the skin-ripping transformation too. However, there is actually a whole other word for werewolf that I've been hiding from you this entire time. You've probably heard of it, especially if you're a fan of the Underworld film series, and that is lycanthrope. It comes from the Greek word lycanthropia, which means wolfman, with lycos meaning wolf and anthropos for man, like anthropology means the study of humans. 
but was mostly used to describe a medical condition that still exists to this day, lycanthropy, which is when someone believes they are a wolf. We'll talk about this more later. Lycan is very often used when talking about werewolves, and it's actually the inspiration behind the Latin word for wolf, because ancient Greek came first. And the Latin word for wolf is lupus. The Latin name for a grey wolf is Canis lupus, and that, my friends, is why we call J.K. Rowling unoriginal, because lupin is another word for lupus, and Remus is also another word for wolf. His name is literally Wolf Wolf, people. She's just not very good. But that's the end of my translation lesson and my slagging off of J.K. Rowling. Anyway, now enough about lupus and lupins. Let's talk origins and history. The origins of werewolves is debated within folklore circles, but what we do know is that they are mentioned originally in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which, like Beowulf, (laughs) see what I did there, is one of the oldest known written works in history. The story is that Gilgamesh, the hero in this tale, refuses to love the goddess Ishtar, as she had a track record of being a really bad girlfriend, including turning one of her suitors, who was a shepherd, into a wolf, therefore making him an outcast to his family and friends, and unable to go near his farm or livestock. We're not 100% sure on the date that the Epic of Gilgamesh was written, but we do know that it was ancient Mesopotamia in around 2nd millennium BC, or in other words, between 2000 BC and 1001 BC, which is a ridiculously long time ago considering we are now in 2022 AD. Later on though, a little closer to our times at least, the Roman poet Ovid wrote Metamorphosis in 8 AD, which told the tale of King Lycanon of Arcadia in Greece. Again, you can hear the Lycan in the name there who was hosting a stranger for dinner. He had suspicions that the stranger was a god in disguise, and so devised a plan to expose him by feeding him human flesh. I'm not sure how that raises anything within the gods, but, you know, we'll go with it. Turns out, though, it was the Roman god Jupiter who cursed him for Xenia, which is being a bad host, basically, and turned him into a wolfman for his crimes. Xenia was taken extremely seriously in ancient civilizations. There are loads of examples throughout Greek and Roman history for crimes involving this, and both Jupiter and Zeus in their respective mythologies actually ruled over Xenia, so it was a big-time thing for the kings of the gods. In other folklore, though, it is very common to be transformed into carnivorous creatures, such as in Russia, it was bears, Japanese, foxes, tigers and China, and Africa and hyenas or crocodiles. This, of course, was all for punishment, and it definitely indicates that fear is a big player of what you'd be turned into, especially as you'd scare anyone you'd come into contact with, with no supernatural intervention at all. You might even be scared of yourself, or the form you've been given, and you might have that immensely painful transition to look forward to every month too, especially with werewolves. These monsters were probably the most prevalent though within the Middle Ages throughout Europe, especially in bigger countries such as France, Germany and Italy as well as Britain. Werewolves were even mentioned in our ordinances from as early as 1016 from King Canute, who ruled over Denmark and England at the same time, saying, The madly audacious werewolf do not to widely devastate nor bite too many of the spiritual flock. 
That's an exact quote from that ordinance. However, later on in history, it does get considerably worse. From the 14th to the 16th century, superstitions were at their peak within Europe, especially with religious connotations, with the infamous witch hunts sprawling across rural countrysides, and the werewolf was certainly no stranger in mythos at this time. In France in 1764, there was a werewolf-like creature called the Beast of Gavardin, tearing up livestock and people within the area, killing between 60 and 100 adults within the span of three years. These attacks were originally blamed on werewolves, as the description of the monster was of a canine beast, who ripped out the throats of his victims. It was actually so intense that the French monarchy ended up getting involved, and sent wolf hunters after the monster to no avail. It ended up being concluded it was most likely an actual wolf problem, as there were serious issues with them throughout Europe at the time, with tens of thousands of deaths within the 18th century alone. Obviously as well, it's good to note that they were actually hunted out of the UK. We do not have any wild wolves anymore due to this kind of problem, so it is quite sad all at once. My favourite story though is the Bedberg wolf, or Peter Stube, who lived in Bedberg, Germany in the 15th century, and apparently turned into a wolf at night. He was blamed with loads of killings, which again was most likely by actual wolves, by hunters who apparently saw him transform. And he was actually executed after confessing under torture that he killed people and ate their bodies. He also said that he had a magical belt, but of course it was never found. It really riled up the public of the time in Germany though, and only added to the werewolf fear that they already had. Unfortunately, this added to the horrible actual real-life werewolf trials that happened during the same time across Europe, the first one happening in Switzerland. Of course, most people here remember the witch hunts of the 15 to 1600s throughout our continent, but there were actual werewolf trials too. It was such a common belief that men who were suspected were cut to check for that gross hair underneath their skin, and they were almost flayed alive to check other parts of their bodies for this hair. There were 30,000 recorded cases of lycanthropy in France between 1520 and 1630, but one man called Gilles Gagnier was burnt at the stake in 1573 for this, Another was, of course, Peter Stube, and the other most famous case was of Jean Grenier, who claimed that he had murdered people whilst using a wolfskin belt. Eventually, he was ruled insane and confined to a monastery for the rest of his life in 1603. There were some reasons as to why people may have been considered a werewolf in folklore ways, but there are real health issues that can link this to the creation of the myth too such as hypertrichosis, which is a genetic disorder which makes people grow hair all over their body and even their face. There's a very famous family with this condition in Mexico, with 19 members of the family being affected. Another, of course, is rabies, which is equally transmitted through biting and creates hallucinations in humans, as well as animalistic behaviour. And there is the option of ergo poisoning, which was what was responsible for the witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts, and can infect grain, which causes hallucinations. And there is, of course, the idea that it might just be mass hysteria, which happens, especially in the Middle Ages Europe. Alongside this, there is an actual mental health condition, which we mentioned earlier, 
lycanthropy, which is where a patient believes they're a wolf or some other animal. It is mostly people who have histories of delusions to do with reincarnation and the idea that they could be reincarnated as a predatory, powerful beast. There's no real solution to this one. People who get diagnosed with this are usually put in mental hospitals or given counselling. So that's the kind of solution to that one. Lastly, though, this leads us on to the last potential cause, which is porphyria. If you listened to last year's episode, you would know that this is the condition most linked with the historic rival of the werewolf, the vampire. This disease, which is still around now, causes sun allergies and a sudden burst of growth in hair, and of course causes delusions. Whilst we're on the subject, vampires and werewolves are always linked as enemies, but you'll know if you listen to the vampires episode, there has never been any link to both of them within folklore. They have nothing to do with each other, have never interacted with each other. But in modern media, it is often portrayed that werewolves are the slaves of vampires, but vampires are incredibly aware and afraid of the werewolf, turning against them, as it would most likely have quite a fair fight on their hands, and actually the werewolf is a much better advantage. Now onto our Halloween special segment, and it wouldn't be a special without a special part in the middle now, would it? In this episode, we're going to do a little bit of a trivia on werewolves like I do every year. I'll read out these questions and then I'll post them in polls on Twitter so that I can see your answers. So please do get involved. Some of these have not been covered in the podcast and are just kind of general knowledge or modern media questions about them. So it should be tricky, but are you ready? Let's go. What's the scientific name for a werewolf? A. A misanthrope. B. A philanthrope. C. A lycanthrope or D, a synanthrope. Question 2. In Twilight, the movies, which character is a werewolf? A, Edward, B, Jacob, C, Charlie, or D, Jasper? Question 3. Which metal are werewolves vulnerable to? A, gold, B, iron, C, silver, or D, copper? Question 4. Which disease do we think the idea of werewolves comes from? A. Hypertrichosis B. Porphyria C. Rabies or D. All of the above Question 5. Which country in Europe has the first werewolf trials? Question 6. Which epic poem mentions werewolves? Question 7. In Ovid's Metamorphosis, what was the name of the king transformed into a wolf by Jupiter? Question 8. Which sport does Scott Howard play in the 1985 film Teen Wolf? Question 9. What is the Latin name for a grey wolf? And lastly, question 10. In 1992, a poll in which country found that 80% of the respondents believed that werewolves still existed? A. The UK B. The US C. Iceland or D. Russia And that's it! I hope you enjoyed that and I'll have the questions up by the end of today so you can show off your werewolf knowledge. I would love to hear what you think and what you know. But we're going to move on straight to modern media. Obviously, there are a load this week, so I hope you're ready for some werewolf recommendations. For art, we do have to look over the independent art stuff, some really cool badass art. However, there are some really cool portraits, including werewolves. 
such as Samlung von Nachrichten zur Zeitgeschichte aus den Jahren by Johann Jakob Wick between 1560 and 1518. Please appreciate my pronunciation there, just saying. Lycanon changed into Wolf by Hendrik Goltzius from 1589. Woodcut of a Werewolf Attack by Lucas Crank de Alter from 1512 or Jupiter e Lycanon by Jan Kossiers from sometime in the 17th century. There were some real pronunciation things there. I'm quite proud of myself. Okay, now for movies, we have The Werewolf from 1956 and 1913, Werewolf of London, Werewolf of Woodstock, Werewolves on Wheels, Underworld, The Twilight Series, American Werewolf in London, Harry Potter, Hotel Transylvania, Werewolves of the Third Reich, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet the Wolfman, Wolfwalkers, 100% Wolf, Bad Moon, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf, Bloodthirsty, Big Fish, Cursed, Ginger Snaps, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, Werewolf, The Beasts Among Us, Dead Time Stories, The Company of Wolves, Bubba, The Redneck Werewolf, Dog Soldiers, Good Manners, The Werewolf of Washington, Grindhouse, The Curse of the Werewolf, Howl, House on the Bear Mountain, Horrors of War, Werewolf by Night, The Wolfman, The Howling, I Was a Teenage Werewolf, Teen Wolf, Jack and Diane, Full Moon High, The Matrix Reloaded, Wolfman, Monster Brawl, Never Cry Werewolf, Nosferatu, Red Riding Hood, Into the Woods, Roma Santa, The Werewolf Hunt, Wolf, The Monster Squad, The Monster High Series Films, Lady Hawk, Silver Bullet, The Forest Hills, Skinwalkers, Trick or Treat, Van Helsing, Werewolf and Wolves. There's a lot there, but there's some more in TV and video games, so I hope you're ready for these. For TV, we have True Blood, Teen Wolf, Grimm, Supernatural, Rosario and Vampire, Cat Dog, Adventure Time, Animaniacs, Ben 10, Codename Kids Next Door, DuckTales, Fang Face, Gargoyles, Freakazoid, Monster High, Johnny Bravo, Grimm Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Frankenhole, Love, Death and Robots, OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes, Scooby-Doo, Big Wolf on Campus, The Simpsons, Tom and Jerry Tales, Ugly Americans, The Smurf, The Real Ghostbusters, PJ Masks, Popeye, Pet Alien, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, Darkwing Duck, Danny Phantom, Being Human, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charmed, Doctor Who, The Dresden Files, X-Files, Carmen Rider Kiva, The Order, The Monsters, Little Horrors, Sanctuary, Power Rangers, Vampire Diaries, What We Do in the Shadows, Wizards of Waverly Place, Young Dracula, and Wolfblood. Now in video games, we have ones such as Wildflowers, Killer Instinct, Harry Potter the Video Game Series, Bloodborne, Castlevania, Altered Beasts, The Adventures of Lomax, Blaze Blue, City of Heroes, The Dark Side Detective, Love of Magic, Mutant Football League, Dark Stalkers, Darkest Dungeon, Diablo 2, Dissagea, Dwarf Fortress, Elder Scrolls, Sonic Unleashed, Mega Man Star Force, Dead Realm, Moonrise, Enter the Matrix, Fable, Fighter's Destiny, Final Fantasy, Fire Emblem, Golden Sun, Kingdom Hearts 10, League of Legends, Nocturne, Legendary The Box, The Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, The Quarry, Wolf Among Us, Sableman, Shantae, The Sims, 
Shadowcaster, Soul Calibur, World of Warcraft, Two Who Project, Wolf Team, Terraria, Werewolf the Last Warrior, The Wolf and the Waves, and Sukoden 2. I'm now going to take a minute to breathe after all of that. <laughs> My book recommendation this week, though, is Banshees, Werewolves, Vampires, and Other Creatures of the Night, Facts, Fictions, and First-Hand Accounts by Vala Ventura for a great readover of these wonderful monsters mentioned and the accounts of them in real life. Or you can have a look at them specifically in European folklore with White Devil, the Werewolf in European Culture by Matthew Beresford. Gosh, now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm so sorry, everyone, but I'm going to say no. It's a little bit too far-fetched for me. The idea that a person could transform and literally rip their skin off and become a wolfman, it's just a bit crazy. Although I can always see that the medical conditions we talked about can definitely make sense. However, I just think it's a bit too wild for me. I actually didn't know anything about the werewolf trials in Europe. I know a lot about the witch trials. So actually reading about these was super interesting and something I never even thought had happened. I just can't believe that people really thought they were a thing, especially with a name like werewolf. Although I guess it's really like common now, I suppose, but maybe it wasn't. And we all come from something, right? To be honest, though, I'm a kid of the noughties, so Twilight was in and I was obsessed. So I was very much Team Edward, don't get me wrong. But the werewolves in that were absolutely hysterical. They could all telepathically talk to each other and would transform into full-blown wolves. But the CGI was really bad. If you haven't watched Twilight because you think it's lame or you've never seen it, please just watch them. They're really terrible films, but they're so funny. I really miss those days. And I guess beforehand, it was Van Helsing, which I love to this day, and the Underworld series, which I haven't watched for ages, that I first got exposure to this monster. And they do a pretty good job of portraying how I think this monster would interact and transform. It is quite graphic, the way they transform in those movies. So I think that's actually quite accurate to what we're kind of expecting here. But what do you think? Did werewolves roam the urn once upon a time, and do they still? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think. But what a wonderful monster to cover for Halloween. I hope you all enjoyed it, I know I did. I'll be posting the quiz on Twitter where you can take part and I'll post the answers in the thread in a week's time. It's a really fun way to end October as we move into more seasonal monsters as we always do within the colder months. But next week, we're going over to Mexico to warm us up before November fully kicks in and looking at a semi-deity, which is a little bit different for us, but it's definitely really exciting. So I expect you to get your candles and offerings ready for the legendary Santa Muerte next Thursday. But for now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. And you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though and share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, have a safe Halloween. And I'll see you later, babes. <laughs>